0: The whole conference is about abundant life. Um, And so, of course, I think you know where I'm going to turn first, and that's John chapter 10. Verse 10, but um, I want to um, go back to verse 2. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. The thief cometh Not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I don't know if you've um, ever been to sheepdog trials um, and seen the sheepdog uh, at the command of the shepherd having to gather all the sheep and make them come and enter into a narrow area so that they can go into a pen. And you can bet your bottom dollar that one or two of these sheep will not get herded into the narrow pen and the the shepherd has to do his whistles and whatever he does and the dog goes off round again and he gets the two, sheep, the two sheep or three sheep that wouldn't go through the small enclosure. And he gets them and he shoves them in there. And, he, and, and he's working so hard to get these sheep into this narrow opening into the pen. And the wonderful thing is that Jesus is the shepherd. And, if, and he said, I'm the door as well. So Jesus is the door to the pen. And if you can imagine, he's also the shepherd. And what struck me is it's just so wonderful that Jesus goes looking for the sheep. Amen? And he never loses one. They all get into the pen. Amen? And uh, so that really struck me as just so like our God. So he said, he's the door. And the other wonderful thing about him saying he's the door, apparently in Israel and those countries, um, when they gather the sheep in at night, they put them in a pen and the shepherd lies across the door of the pen. So that no animal, fierce, wild animal or anyone can get in and steal the sheep. So Jesus said, I am the door. He lies there and he won't let anyone get us. No thief can steal, kill or destroy because Jesus is in the door of the pen. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? He looks after us. He really does. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not hear them. And that's another wonderful thing. Anyone, however far they are from God, however much they don't think they know him, however much they aren't really looking for him, but he's looking for them, as soon as they hear his voice, they recognize it. They know it's his. They could never, they might never have heard it before, but they know it's his voice. We have a dear man who belongs to this congregation, and he's at this moment, residing in a rehabilitation centre because he had the most horrendous stroke. Uh, Stan is his name, and he's he's a dear. Peter and Carolyn went to see him today. And uh, he's got such a sense of humour. Um, but he was saying that he had this terrible stroke. His was, body was all twisted up. And... Uh, He was thinking that it would be best to die. He'd rather leave and go to be with the Lord than to be like that. And he said, All of a sudden, Jesus came to my bedside and he spoke with me. And from that moment on, his face got less twisted. He began to, and he began to have hope that he would live again. And now he, they, he, goes for re, he goes into the gym and he has to work out in the gym. And they say he's so determined um, to, to get better. They, were, they say to him, no, Stan, you've got to stop. You've got to stop. No, he says, let's go some more. <laughs> Bless him. But he's so different from everybody else in the place because they've, most of them have given up. They've given up, but Stan, no, no, he's still fighting. Everyone, everyone will recognize the voice of Jesus. No matter how far you are from him, you'll recognize his voice. He says, my sheep know my voice. If you're one of his, you'll recognize his voice. And others you will not hear. I am the door. By me if any man shall enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He'll feed us. He'll take care of us. He'll speak with us. He'll do everything that we need. Others came to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus is the exact opposite. He not only finds us, he looks after us, he feeds us, and then he gives us life and life more abundant. Amen? Uh, So I just want you to get the picture that if you're one of God's, he'll never not find you. He'll never not be able to call you, and you recognize his voice instantly, there never will be a time when you're too far away from him because he'll send that sheepdog after you (laughs) (laughs) and come and get you. (laughs) Though I make my bed in hell, thou art there. And so uh, Jesus is just so wonderful. And he says, i come to give you life and life more abundant. Life overflowing. Life that is so different from anything else that anyone can have. And Stan stands out like a beacon in that rehabilitation center because he's got the life of God inside him. And they just are amazed at him. We, when we have life, can have everything. And that is what Jesus came to do. And he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And on Good Friday, we realize that Jesus, the only reason we have all these benefits in God is because Jesus laid down his life for us. And he did so many wonderful things for us on the cross and to give us life, and life more abundant. Okay, now I want you to turn to John chapter 15. And the reason I've chosen this chapter is because the fruit of the vine, the grapes, are come because of the abundance of life in the vine and the fruit is the result of the abundance of life. And so when Jesus talks about himself being the vine, and we're the the branches and we bear much fruit, it's because of the um, abundant life that courses through our veins that the fruit actually grows. Amen? So um, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And he's he's saying there, I am the best vine. What he means by saying the true vine is God has specially picked this vine. It's the best one. It's the most healthy. It's the strongest. It's the one that's going to produce the most fruit. It's a most excellent vine. So J- Jesus says I am the true vine I'm the best vine I'm the one that's going to give such healthy uh, growth to the to the branches I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman he's the gardener he's the expert he's the one that's going to do the trimming he's the one that's going to but he's not going to make a mess like I do when I try and <laughs> prune my roses <laughs> They look a bit lopsided after I've finished, but not when God does it. He is the expert, and he knows exactly where to cut and what to do. Amen. He's the best source of life there could be. He's it's hand picked. He's hand-picked by the Father who is the most skilled gardener. In his hands, if we abide in the vine, if we have the life of God inside, Father will see to it that we will bear much fruit. He is the expert. Amen. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring fruit. Forth more fruit. So, one of the things that God does is He cuts off the dead wood because the dead wood would absorb some of the life and just cause straggly branches to uh, set off out into the distance, and there would be very little fruit on the end. So, off go the dead wood, out it goes. I think it's a bit like uh, when. The Angels come and they do the reaping, and they uh, God said, "Let the two grow together, and then when the ta- the tares are taken up by the angels now this is a similar idea where God just cuts off the dead wood, cuts it off like that, and then he prunes now he pruning means it cuts it right back to the nearest bud that will grow. And produce a beautiful bunch of grapes. And he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. So it's so that it, we bring forth more fruit. So that the abundant life will be more evident. So that when the fruit comes for, out of us, when God's life is abundantly there in us then the fruit will come out much more abundantly and those who are around us will be able to feed off it those who are around us will be able to see that it's there those who are around us will be able to know that we are his disciples and then jesus says now and he's trying to prepare the disciples for the fact that he's leaving them and that he's going and he's going, to be, um, he's going to be taken from them. And he says, now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The water of the word washes us. And um, in Ephesians five twenty six we read about this. How Jesus is, uh, how um, Jesus, Christ loved the church in verse 25 and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of the water of the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. And here Jesus is talking about the washing of the water of the word, you say, well, what about um, Peter? He, after this, he um, betrayed Jesus. How was he clean through the water of the word? Jesus was talking about after resurrection, after his ascension, after Pentecost, that those things would be there for them. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. The word commentary says... Uh, Explains it like this If you remain in me, I shall remain in you. But the emphasis in the passage is on Jesus, the vine. Hence, it is more likely that a note of encouragement is intended here. And be assured, I am remaining with you. In the divine relationship, grace is alike the source and support of faith. On this condition alone, fruit bearing. Is possible. Let me read that again to you. In the divine relationship, grace is alike the source and support of faith. On this condition alone, fruit bearing is possible. Grace, unmerited favor. It's not because you deserve it, it's not because you've done something, it's not because your faith has managed to squeeze out enough to. Bring forth some grapes. It's none of those reasons. It's because of grace. It's because we are able, through what Jesus has done for us, we are able to bring forth much fruit. It's not something that we have to do, make an effort, and squeeze out some grapes and, oh, try so hard, and maybe by praying, and maybe by this, and maybe by that, some grapes might come out, and, oh, goodness me, No, 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 no. The wonderful thing is that it's by grace that we receive the faith to produce the fruit in our lives. It's nothing to do with us. It's what God does in us. And that is what is so wonderful. Jesus has done it all for us. In the divine relationship, grace is alike, the source and support of faith. On this condition alone, fruit-bearing is possible. He says, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. But as we abide in him, the fruit grows. It's natural. It's a normal process. It's not something that has to be worked up or have to find the answer for, have to find a special key that opens the door, that makes the fruit become unlocked. No, no, nothing so complicated. God would not leave it complicated for us because he knows we couldn't cope. It's as you abide in the vine, as you stay with Jesus, as the life of God permeates through your being that abundant life so the fruit grows it's a natural process you don't hear the trees and the and the plants going <coughs> while they're trying to grow <laughs> it's just a natural process they grow i've been watching the bluebells in the woods i take my dogs for a walk every day and uh I've been watching them and waiting, waiting for these bluebells to come up. And uh, as I've walked in this last week, I've seen just a few little heads of bluebells coming up. But soon it'll be an absolute carpet of blue. But you don't hear the bluebells going. No, it's just natural. It's just wonderful. And that's what's so marvelous about the abundant life. If we abide in him and he abides in us, that abundant life flows through us and then fruit naturally grows. It's not something we have to work up, it's not something we have to try and do something for. It just grows. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. It's true. Without him, we can't do anything. Uh, But if we abide in him, we bring forth much fruit. So God's not content that we should just have, you know, a little tiny bunch. God's not content that we should look, look a bit. Kind of sparse. God wants us to have a huge great big bunches of grapes growing out. And God is never one to just leave us with a little bit. Because He says, I will give you life and life more abundant. Life overflowing. Life that's 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 never stops, life that never ceases. It's the life that takes you through to eternity. It's the same quality of life that you get when you go up uh, to meet him. It's the same quality. That wonderful, abundant life. If you abide in me, um, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. There's no, if you do this and if you don't do that, maybe I will, maybe I won't. If you're good enough, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But no, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and I'll give it. He just is a wonderful wonderful, generous, so generous God. He says, I'll give you life, and life more abundant, life overflowing, life so, so wonderful, so precious, so joyful, so marvelous. It really is so special. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. God gives us lots of fruit because that glorifies him. <laughs> it's not that you have to find, you know, find a method of making the fruit grow. And you have to, because God's the the gardener, he'll he'll stick enough manure on your roots to make you grow properly. He'll do everything necessary for you to grow. He'll do everything necessary for that abundant life to come forth. And that gives him glory. He loves to see his children with abundant life. He loves to see them with life is flowing over. He loves to see that. He said, "I will give you life, and life more abundant." As the Father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His. Love. As the Father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. We experience the love of the Father. We know the love of the Father when we know that abundant life. And he says. You just have that love flowing through you. As the Father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. It's all to do with relationship. It's not a great big difficult thing. It's not something terribly Uh, strenuous or arduous because it's to do with relationship if you abide in me and you keep my commandments and you abide in my love then you'll love one another then it'll be easy to love one another amen these things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you And that your joy might be full. (laughs) Amen. Not only overflowing life, not only abundant life, but that your joy might be full. God's not out. God never gives us things by halves. He never just kind of gives you a little dollop. He says, I'm giving you life and life more abundant. and, And that your joy might be full. Um, the Bible talks about joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy is a wonderful attribute of a Christian life. Joy is not something you have to put on and and uh, kind of think, well, have I got the right smile on today? Is it sufficiently... Mm. No, it's something that rises up from within. It's something that's there all the time. It's something that you can't help but feel when you know how much God loves you and what he's given you and the joy unspeakable and full of glory. He is such a wonderful God. He never gives us anything by halves. He says, I want you to bear much fruit. And he, he'll, ha- he'll have a way of making us do it. He'll tend us a little bit here, clip us a little bit there. Cut off this dead branch here. Do this little bit here. And yet you will find that your life will be so abundant and overflowing that the fruit will be so much that it will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Amen. I love my God, I love what he does for us, and I love how he is, that your joy might be full. And then he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I shall not call you servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. So Jesus has saying I'm going to change your status, I'm going to call you friends from now on because friends know what, what's going on, they know what's happening. As a servant you, you get told do this, do that, do the other and you don't understand, you don't know where, why the master said those things but as a friend you'll understand. But the wonderful thing is that Jesus changed our status Even more um, when he after Pentecost. So let's look in Romans 8 and 15 and 16. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our, our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be also glorified with him. We are... We have received the spirit of bondage whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we become children. Not just friends, but children. We belong to the family. We belong to God. He is our Father. We are his children. And that's a much more intimate relationship than just being a friend. Because children get all the goodies in the house. (laughs) And... uh, we have this great privilege of being able to call God our Father and know that he is our Father. And if children, then heirs, and we be, not only are children of God, we are joint heirs with Jesus. And it is just so special. This abundant life, this wonderful life, means that we are joint heirs with Jesus um, if, uh, if, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so we have such a wonderful inheritance waiting for us and such a wonderful inheritance here on earth that we can abide in the vine and the vine and he can abide in us. Jesus loves me. He chose me. This this is what the next verse talks about in uh, John chapter 15. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask, Of the Father in my name, he may give it you. What did I say about the sheep? Jesus will always find you. And he not only finds you, he chooses you. He chooses you. Not only does he choose you, He not only makes you a friend, he makes you a child of the Father. Joint heirs with him. Wonderful. Not only that, you'll always recognize his voice. Always. My sheep know my voice. You'll always know who it is when he speaks to you. He'll find you. He'll speak to you. He'll give you life and life more abundant. You abide in the vine and the vine, and you'll find that the life, the abundant life, will bring forth much fruit to glorify my Father which is in heaven. That is just. So, so special. God is so good. He loves us so much. He never leaves anything to chance. He never leaves anything to us to do. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank God it's up to him. (laughs) Because if I tried, I couldn't make it. But I know that my Father in heaven is so faithful. I know that he's so wonderful. I know that I'll hear his voice. I know that I belong to him. I know I'm his child. I know that without him, I can do nothing. But thank God, he does everything. And he is so, so wonderful. So this conference is called Abundant Life. And I just wanted to introduce to you the whole idea of the wonderful, abundant life that God gives. And that life is so full of joy. He says it. I've, I've given you, let's look at that verse again. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. It's his joy that remains in us. When his joy remains in us, we're not bothered by circumstances. It doesn't change with the wind when we feel happy or sad. This joy stays there forever. It's his joy. It's not yours. Yours goes up and down with the wind. Yours goes up and down with whether someone's upset you or not. But God's joy lasts forever. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, And the half has never yet been told. And so we know that we have this wonderful, wonderful, abundant life, wonderful, wonderful joy, wonderful, wonderful Father in heaven who says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. Anything, anything. We do have such wonderful privileges in God As Christians, we are a very special and blessed people. We have life and life more abundant. We have joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have a wonderful, loving Heavenly Father who loves us so much. He makes us his children. We have Jesus who looks out for us, who lays himself at the door to protect us. He laid his life down that he might beat all the principalities, all the powers, and all the powers of darkness. He stripped them of their power on Calvary because he laid down his life at the door for us that we might live. Amen? Haven't we got a wonderful Father? Haven't we got a wonderful Savior? Haven't we got a wonderful Lord? And none of it we deserve, but he loves us so much. So life abundant, abide in the vine. Just stay there. Don't try and wander off. Just stay there. You'll find the fruit grows You'll find as you do what he says, you'll bring forth abundant fruit to glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And it is so special. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you all.